Today is a great day for car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. She's a song on a car. Good day and welcome to episode number 83 of the car wash. On today's show, Katsanda leaves Chiefs. The latest with Chiefs contracts and transfers and Rock Nation joins Sundowns. Whether you are tuning in on SL Podcast at Serotzede, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play or Mahi Kang 96.7 Game Time, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Roberts, and of course, I'm not alone. Please welcome my good friend, Teko Medise. How are you, sir? Um, good and you, Sean. Um, very well, thank you, my boy. But just to get the show off on the right track, the joke of the day. <laughs> Are you ready? Let's no. do it. <laughs> what? Why can't pirates finish the alphabet? They get lost at sea. Is this joke based on what happened over the weekend? No, you see, but because I'm so clever, I'm playing a little play on words as in pirates, as in actually pirates at sea and pirates as in Orlando pirates. Mm, But anyway, um, (laughs) right from there, we move into pole position. position. Pole position is a segment where we ask our fans and our supporters club a certain question and get voice note replies. This week, we asked you, Will Sundowns dominate the league or will there be more competition? And this is what you had to say. Not on the dream, not on the dream. I see a healthy Chiefs now. The competition is going to be tough. There's no other team that competes with Sundowns except Chiefs. The other ones are, are the ones who's watching Chiefs and Sundowns. Uh, Lay season, because Sundowns, it be Zenzela, Gumnant, but Lay season, no. And it can be single by his opinion, defend the the league. Matuba Ogba atatwe Paris Okanye Kaiser Chiefs and I don't think Sundowns will win the league this season, especially, you know, um, checking this, the new signings uh, that the Big Two has, has made. And I think uh, there's quite a lot of, uh, you know, motivation and, and also the eager to do well and the pressure, especially for, for both Chiefs and Pirates. And, and also, I mean, Amazulu last season, how, how they played, uh, you know, I think even this season they, they they will be you know a tough team to beat. So so yeah, I think it will be very difficult for for Sundowns to you know to defend the the title. The way I see it, the Chiefs in Ayo, Ifuna, Lukukufunayo, and for me na not Ifuna Iziki. I will be net difference. The Chiefs inexperienced man, you know. Doing you born on a corner for me na you born on what many thirty Chiefs in the year this year. Many thirty Chiefs because it is it is ever something. It is ever inyito. I don't see Sanders winning the league this season. It's going to be a very very tough. Uh, ask teams like uh, Kaiser Chiefs, Amazolo, Cape Town City. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, they'll be challenging Sundowns uh, very strongly. As for other teams, I don't see them uh, winning the league because, as I've already highlighted, Kaiser Chiefs, Amazolo, Cape Town City are the best candidate to win the league. 
Uh, okay, I feel like Sundowns is now predictable. Uh, when I look at things, like if this game here was against Tamazulu and Leo first match will actually say a lot about how Sundowns approaches uh, the new campaign, the new season. And for me, it won't be an easy game. I predict he lose or he draw against Bona and I give it to e Amazulu. Why? Because Amazulu now are playing in Kefcon, Egu Kef. So... If they want to play in Africa, they have to beat the best. That will be a huge confidence booster on their side to see uh, also how Upeni has prepared for the team this season. I think the players that they've signed have experienced previous players from Pirates. They are much more um, capable considering that they have a second finish from E-League uh, last season. Right, Tex. I mean, it, it's, it's, it was an interesting reply there. Um, about 80% feel that Sundowns won't win the league again, that there's going to be uh, very, very close calls in terms of Chiefs, Amazulu, someone actually said Cape Town City, which I'm not too convinced about. Um, look, from from me, I still think Sundowns have it in terms of the squad depth and the football they're playing, but um, I think if Amazulu finished top four, they've done a great season again, a great job. Mm. Um, but I do think Chiefs are the team to watch this year. What is your feeling on that? Look, um, it's just that you know, in such conversation and such topics, mm. people get 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 too emotional and get offended by what we say mm. about our opinion, mm. right? But anyway I, I, I strongly believe that um, Amazulu have um, will be challenged this season mm. merely because um, last season they they played off the cuff yeah. Benny was in the dressing room new coaching staff you know everybody wanted to you know do the best that they can new management so everything was new 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 so there was so much to play for now that all the excitement has come down, now it's uh, now's the time actually where we're going to actually start seeing if Amazulu can be able to contain that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not. Uh, I don't doubt Benny or Vasili or any technical member in sure. that team, but it's just that you know, uh, staying at the top, it's easier to 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 chase than to be chased. And I think sure. in this case, it was exciting for Amazulu last season because they were the people that were chasing. But when they became people that were supposed to be chased and then they just sit there for like 24 hours or so but it's just it's one of those challenges that i see i thought but their signings as well they're very impressive so it'll be actually interesting to see how that uh, uh reflect on the game itself because you can sign all the best players that you can but if they don't make a team there's no doesn't make sense yeah uh, i agree and in terms of sundowns like let's go back to the original question uh, will sundowns yeah. dominate the league i think sundowns will the reason is Sundance has been this consistent for the last 10 years. Yeah. And uh, consistent, we've realized that with that consistency means dominance within South African League. Mm -hmm. And uh, with with what Mamlil Sundance have learned over the years is being able to get results even when things are difficult. Mm. And uh, that's where most teams fail. Last season, Orlando Pirates, when things were really, really tough, they were very inconsistent. So therefore, they couldn't chase Mamluli Sundowns. They couldn't keep up with the pack at the time. Mm. And uh, and the Chiefs had their own struggle as well. This season, I don't see Kizzi Chiefs playing off the cuff. I think, I think they are playing, which I just saw one game. And with that game, I saw them playing, you know, very good football, especially in the second half. 
where it's very entertaining. You can see exactly what they're trying to do, mm. but it's not a team that I think that can be sustained or that performance can be sustained throughout the season merely because of the backup that they have. I think the Chiefs are stuck as well. They do have the good players that can form first 11, but I don't think they have the the the, the depth within the team to keep them going. Mm. I think they still they yes they in transition of change, but I don't think they they their change is let's win the league messes. I think their change is like let's get a respectable position, let's see what we need to add, and then when we never whenever we need to add well, but. For me, it's Kansas Chiefs it looked interesting uh, last time around when they're playing against Orlando Pirates. Pilots, I think there are still a lot of questions that needs to be answered there. They're still relying on the same system. They still have the same personnel. They don't want to change anything, and sometimes mm. change is good. So I think it's it's uh, you can see also with Sundowns. If you look at Sundowns this season, you're going to see a lot of changes, and um, um, and with a lot of dominance, a lot of emphasis on something new. So it'll be very interesting to see. But I but I but I always just think that Kansas Chiefs are a team to watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, right, let's move on. For me, the story of the week by far, and I'm very surprised with this, Katsanda leaves Chiefs. Um, I mean, it, it's a weird one, you know, winning four titles, making 326 appearances and managing to play in the CAP Champions League. Um, you know, 10 years of service, he's the highest capped or um, most kept. Most kept. Yeah. It's a. Uh, did you see this coming? Because I certainly didn't. Yeah, I, I did. I mean, with uh, with what happened to Katande, Sean, it is it's been happening season after season with different players. It's just mm. that now when it happened with Katande, it was just it happened at the time where Cheese was a, a topic of conversation. You you have a player that um, his contract expired, then you signed a extension so that they you can have him and play in the champions league right mm -hmm. you play the champions league now the final is done then you don't want to re renew you saying look we are good you can try somewhere else this is the problem that we've been facing in south african football where the fans will come back and say to the players themselves that yeah you are not lo you are not loyal to us when you left our team we don't like we didn't, we didn't feel, you know, we didn't like the way that you did when you left our team. Not forgetting the same fans that in football there is no loyalty, especially in this country. Yeah. Loyalty doesn't pay in South Africa. You have, you have a guy that with so many things that he's done for this team, he comes back knowing for the fact that he's not injured, knowing for the fact that he can still play. They write him off. Therefore, they're saying, we know you can still play, but not here. Mm. So what you do in this situation, you're like, okay, dude, like we want to honor you, we'll give you a two-year more, but you must understand that the coach, you're not in coach's plans, you know, this, this, this. So we don't want to lose you because you're so important in your dressing room. So now Katsane exactly knows his role. So he started adjusting from that. Mm. But it never gave him a chance. So that's what I'm saying. With Katsane's story, we're going to see those, many of those coming. I, I strongly feel that with it, it was the same case. It's just that maybe the fans would have reacted, uh, reacted, you know, worse than how they reacted with Katsand. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? So it will it will get there with Itu as well. That's that's football for you. It will get there with Itu. I just I just I just hope that it's not gonna be the case where it's a happy jealous story. One year every season. One year. One yeah, year. Geez, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I just I just thought with the relationship that uh Katsanda and Baxter have and have had, um they would have found a special place for him in the team, but yeah. um, not to be. 
not to be. Yeah. Uh, moving on, so let's we might as well stay with Kaiser Chiefs and talk about their latest contracts and transfers that have gone through with them. Uh, Cole Alexander, Lanty, Nange, Austin Dubé, Keegan Dolly signed last week. Hmm. Uh, Dobo, Brandon Peterson, uh, Sejotla, and Mabaleso. What do you think of their transfer window so far? But um, uh, there's been a little bit of an upheaval in terms of um, possibly saying that there are a couple of uh, older players being signed. Um, but overall, I think it's some good business done. Look, I, th- I think Kizzy Chiefs have done the, the best that they could mm. with, uh, with how the market is and the availability as well. Like, I think they were expected to go all out and go crazy and spend so much money that also doesn't make sense. I think they do have the right coach that was very influential, especially in the later stages to who needs to come here. And I think with what they have, they've done a good business, but I'm still saying they 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 lack maybe one or two personalities within the team. Mm. I looked at Kizzy Chiefs, how they play, and uh, I, I look at the personnel that they have. If Keegan Dodi is fit, Kama is fit, Castro is fit, Nikovic is fit, mm. what system will they try and play? With all those, those CBD or whatever the case might be, every one of them rely on a supply. These are not guys that can mm. do things on themselves. 1v1 or Keegan will never take 1v1. It's no longer that player. So either all of them, they rely on a supply. And I think it's high time that maybe Lebo can come back and, yeah. and re-establish himself within the Kelly Chiefs colors. Or they need to sign a playmaker and a very good playmaker. Because I think that's what Kelly Chiefs are needing. They need somebody that is very, very creative. Because you do have that taking force. Mm. Now you're threatening in so many ways. You just need somebody that is very creative. What you, you you sort of mean as as a holding mid or no somebody not not as a holding mid somebody that uh, somebody will be able to supply uh, your Kama your Castro yeah like, like, like your level Manyama for instance when level is on on top of his game how creative he was remember when 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 he was he had so many assists with Nukovic, you need somebody that will give you that consistency yeah. coming to next season. Plus, it was it was very challenging then because you only had Nukovic, so you're assisting for one person. Yeah. So now you've got three or four. So now, even if you you perform half of your best ability, if the, as long as you're creative, you're standing a chance on winning games. And Kizzy Chiefs, that's what they need. Last season, they were not creative enough. They were not creating enough scoring, goal-scoring opportunities, and that's what they need to do this season. Yeah, and um, in your opinion on Keegan Dolly signing? They needed a key player. They, they they needed that to 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 to, to also to, to to make themselves feel good and to also to excite yeah. the fans. And uh, look, Keegan is still the talent. He's still a good talent. Um, he just needs to get his fitness back. And once he does, now it's it's going to be very exciting to see how they can all combine. Mm. And, and for, for me, is it doesn't matter who they sign. It's what matters is who can handle the pressure of playing for such a big team. Because right now it's all exciting. It's one game, and it was a friendly game against Solano Pirates. That was a friendly game. People mustn't forget that was a friendly game. That's a off-season tournament. Mm. Doesn't mean anything. Anybody can win that. It doesn't mean there's no. 
top eight starts. Next week, that's where the big thing starts. And for me, consistently, um, hopefully come November, October, we're still talking about Casey Chiefs form and, and see who can actually handle the pressure. And I think for those guys that are new within the team, I think they should use this because now there's no fans within the stadium. They should use this as a you know as a weapon for them to get into the team, gel with the team as quickly as possible and do the best that they can. Because once the fans are back, the fans, they always want to see their favorites. And now if if you don't play well when they're not there, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to play well when they're back into the stadium. So I think for those guys that are new, do the best that you can. And from what I've seen over the weekend, it looks promising. Yeah, no, I, I, I do agree. Right, so from there, let's move on to the international news desk. We are joined by Soccer Laduma's international news correspondent, Kurt Buckerfield. How are you today, Kurt? Good, Shawnee. How are you, man? I'm very well. Thank Stay you, cool. my friend. What's up, guys? <laughs> Welcome, Kurti. How's life your side? Yeah, good, man. Managing. Managing. Good man. Yeah. Good man. Jack Grealish to City. What's happening? I mean, you guys must be excited. Oh. I don't know. This feels a, this this one feels weird to me, honestly. I, as much as I mean, you guys know that I'm a huge Jack Grealish fan. Um, yeah. But it's just like how many you know world class players or top top midfielders does Pep want? I don't understand what the, the what the plan is. Whether Raheem Sterling is going to be sold, whether Bernardo Silva is going to be sold. Um, or if all these players are going to be playing in the same team together. I don't understand. I mean, I saw a tweet this morning that made sense to me. It was, you know, if any other manager in the world has Phil Foden, they probably don't feel like they need a Jack Grealish, um, mm. let alone, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, and, like I mentioned, Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez. Um, yeah. But obviously, it's very, very difficult for him to turn a deal down, you know, this kind of deal down. Um, mm. It's a massive contract, five years, um, massive salary increase, playing with some of the best players in the world, playing under one of the best managers of all time. Um, sure. So I completely understand why you would, um, you know, try and or want to make this move. Um, yeah. But there's something about it that doesn't feel right in my heart. But anyway, um, it's probably because I'm a Manchester United fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, how do you City fans feel? Yeah, I mean, I completely echo um, in terms of what you said. Um, I, I don't know where he's going to fit in, to be honest. Yeah. Teko, what do you so think? So, Sean, actually, just before you jump on Teko, I actually heard that mm. he's going to be playing as an eight, which is very interesting. So he's not going to be playing mm. on the left where he was playing for Villa, or at 10, mm. he's going to be playing as a as an eight in a midfield three. Oh, that's an expensive way just to uh, reinvent someone, right? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. What, what is the transfer fee? 100 million. 100 million, yeah. is it like 200 grand a week as well, I heard? Yes, yeah. Wow. Teko, what do you reckon? Uh, that's good money for a good footballer. <laughs> it's money well spent. You think um, so? Yeah. I think, I think, um, I think people realized maybe in the last two years or so that uh, maybe he needs a certain type of a player to be able to lift the team or push the team to, you know, uh, furthermore, because of now his dream of winning the Champions League has eluded him, especially in last season. So he probably maybe felt like he, he needs some type of a player. Mm. That's actually, actually a good point. Team. So now, so now coming back into this season, this new season, I don't think I don't I don't think he was bored to come and help City win and dominate the league. I don't think that's the plan. I think it's it's for Champions League where. 
last season you realized when when Kevin De Bruyne got injured, you, you saw how Kremlin uh, City became. Mm. We we didn't have clear identity of exactly what we want to do. So you don't want to put yourself in that position where you just only rely on one one person in terms of creativity. Yes, we do have Foden. We do have. Yeah, other guys as well, you know. But when when the brain is not playing, especially Silver now being gone, there is a problem, and it's a huge, huge gap. And in the last two seasons, we've seen how the um, brain also has been having his injuries a bit. But still, City will win, but City will not have the flow that it has when when he plays. So yeah. I think it's important to have somebody that can also be able to be as creative. Might not be on the same level, but be as creative as well. You need, especially with how City plays, you need more creative players on the pitch. So for me, that's what I'm saying. It's well, it's it's a money well spent. I just hope that he'll he'll click and 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 gel with the players as soon as possible. Yeah, I think he will. I think he will. And I also think that City, beyond, oh, I don't even think Kevin De Bruyne does this, but. I don't think there's a better ball carrier in the Premier League than Jack Grealish. Mm. And mm. he just runs directly at defenders. He's just fearless. And uh, I think he's he's the kind of player that gets fans on their feet. Um, so I think it's a great point that you make, Teko, that yeah. it's also about his personality, um, yeah. not just his ability. Because we all know he's a good player, but he's going to spur that team on um, when they need him to. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, just a little disappointed that... A hundred million has been spent, or uh, I mean, a big, <laughs> big transfer fee has been dropped once again by by Pep Guardiola by by Manchester City. But um, yeah, I, I I am still excited, obviously. <laughs> and torn. Uh, Curdy, you did a, a an amazing interview with Samuel Eto'o. What what did you take out of that? I mean, is is he is he as cool as they say? Is he a good guy? And uh, um, that must have been epic for you, hey? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, the biggest player that I've had the chance to interview. Um, no, <laughs> it was it was really cool. Um, kind of strange. It was a you know a lot of guys in the room when I was interviewing him. Um, bodyguard in the corner. Um, I saw that. <laughs> you know who knows what I'm capable of. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was really cool. Samuel Eto. I mean, I don't need to talk about him too much. But like his, his personality, his. Um, the way he carries himself, it's like a real world-class professional, you know? I mean, this is mm. one of the greatest African footballers of all time, one of the greatest strikers of all time. Um, and he makes you feel that when you're sitting in his presence. Um, at mm. least for someone like me who doesn't have the context that Teko might, you know, being a former professional himself. Um, <laughs> so it makes me feel slightly intimidated, but it was really cool. Um, spoke a bit about his early career. Don't think... Many people remember that he started at Real Madrid. So got off, you know, starting about that and then Mallorca um, and then Barcelona. He told me that he had a few offers from other clubs at the time, but it was uh, the chance to play with, you know, the, run the one and only Ronaldinho, as he said. Um, mm. And then we got into a, a few more things, spoke briefly about uh, Messi um, Iniesta, who he's a massive, massive fan of, thinks Iniesta um, should be considered as one of the greatest players of all time. Couldn't agree more. Agreed, yeah. um, But he mm. speaks like really passionately about that. And it was quite cool because, you know, I've been told, or well, I had been told that Samuel Eto'o can be quite difficult. Um, mm. But yeah, he started the interview in French um, and he had a translator. But when we got to talking about things you could tell he cared about, he, he jumped to English. 
Um, and that I, I took that as a bit of a compliment, to be honest. Um, and he, you know, he just like backed himself. And we would talk about, yeah, his time at Barcelona, um, Laporta, who is the the current president, and how he, um, or Eto told Laporta, you know, if you sign me, you're going to win. I'm going to score goals, um, and you're going to win. So, yeah, it was really cool. Um, great opportunity. And I would encourage people to go and buy the paper to to check it out. Yeah. Mm. And when you were interviewing him, a lot of these guys um, that, that we didn't realize that they weren't managed very well. I would say, but would you say uh, Eto was had the right guys in his corner? If you know what I mean, was he managed very well throughout his career? Does it seem? Actually, you know, one of my questions that I couldn't get to because my time was cut was. For me, when I look at Eto, I've always seen him as someone who was like super focused throughout his career. Like at the at the peak of his career, he seemed like someone who was just interested in playing football and winning. Um, and I wanted to ask him about that and where he gets that from, but I, I wasn't able to get there. But you know, for me, from you know, as an outsider, as someone who's followed his career, um, that's what it seems like to me. He must have had the right people around him. And you know, he told me that speaking to Messi. At a, when Messi was a, a young, you know, teenager, 17, coming into the first team, he pulled Messi aside. He took Messi out for lunch to tell him that you need to have a balanced life, and uh, if you if you lead a good life outside of football, um, and if you're serious about this, then you will be one of the best players of all time. So I feel like he led by example as well um, in that respect. And yeah, man, he was just for me. You know, growing up watching Samuel Eto'o, I always thought of him as like a real consummate professional. Um, and I think yeah. to be able to have that longevity at the highest level, you have to be. Um, you can't just rely on talent. You have to be um, someone who, you know, wants to win football matches, who wants to score goals. So, yeah, man. But as I said, you you really feel it sitting in his presence, you know. You feel like... It was kind of funny because before we even got started, I was sitting there thinking, how many times has somebody sat opposite this guy thinking they're going to ask him the question that he's never heard? Um, yeah. But, you know, I told him as soon as we started, I said, listen, I'm a huge fan of yours. So forgive me if I'm a little nervous. Um, and he was cool. He said, no, relax, calm down, don't stress, don't worry about it. Um, and then we got to talking. Yeah, it was like 15 minutes and it was really, really cool. Moment I will definitely never forget. Fantastic. Did you get a selfie, Kurti? Uh, no, well, got, there was a, prof- a professional photographer in the room, Shawnee. So we did it that way. Okay, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on, uh, Messi's contract details. What can you tell us about that? Well, yeah, it's going to be announced soon. Um, could even be announced before um, this podcast comes out. But I think it's a five-year deal that's been agreed. There was some um, investment firm that's pumped money into La Liga, which has allowed... Um, yeah. Barcelona to get this through because each club gets a 10% uh, share or whatever it is um, yes. and that allows them to get these transfers over the line for them to register their new signings and then to register Lionel Messi's new contract um, yeah wow five years five years yeah um, I've seen suggestions that it might be five years so they can afford to pay him out what he is or was earning um, but he might just stay at Barcelona for two years and be I don't know, still on the club's books or we'll have to wait and see whether he can keep going until 39. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, definitely happy that it's, you know, this chapter's closed. He's been without the club technically for a month, which is crazy. Yeah, 
He's taking up too much time on our podcast, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cody. Thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, Cheers, guys. Sean. Sorry, sorry, Kurt. Yes. I just, I just want to say, my, last week when I was in Cape Town, you know, I realized that it was you when I was gone. What? I, I promise you. No, man. I, right. When you saw the Instagram. Yeah, like I realized that it was. I was actually telling the guy that it was uh, was my driver. I said, I actually know this guy, but I don't know where I'm knowing from. Okay, tickle. I promise you. Yeah, I'm bro. thinking that you know, tickle is. I promise. Yeah. So I just wanna. I just wanna apologize. <laughs> I promise you. I I promise. When I was gone, because after that I went straight to the airport because I had to fly out. That's so funny. So that's when I realized on the Insta story, I'm like. Me. That's funny. That's pretty so sorry, funny. Sorry, man. No I, I apologize. <laughs> Jeez, bro. Just Glad we did that on air, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, Kurdy. Cheers, guys. Thanks, thanks, Kurt, man. Ciao. Let's move on to transfer um, business in general, what's been happening around the PSL. Um, well, Jody February. Um, oh, there's a lot of players that have actually gone. I, I want to ask you quickly about this. All these players at Swallows are getting on loan. Do, do you agree with how that this is even allowed, if you know what I mean? In terms of, and we've seen it, we've seen it with Chipper, we've seen it with various teams along the years that they literally have other squads within their squads, if that makes any sense. Yeah. They're relying on other squads to improve their squads and not building their own squads, if that, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. I think it's seven or eight players now that have got on loan, Swallows. Um, instead of sort of breeding their own talent yeah. um, or, or buying outright. What, what's your feeling on that? I think I, I think this is the system that will come back and bite them in the mm. Um Now that you, you, you're relying on other people's products and, uh, and these are players that actually they're not playing for their contracts when they're playing for you. They're not playing for their yeah. lives because their lives are um, assigned with somebody else, somebody else is in charge of those. And once you don't have your own assets, um, it becomes a problem because now you're relying on so many people to give you something and you don't do things for your own, like you said. You don't you don't groom your own players and you don't have players that you can call your own. And I think this is a system that is, it's, it's, it's easier for them in terms of maybe managing how the finances, but for, in the long run, I don't think it's a system that will actually uh, help them all float because these are the same players that can not bring the best performance and go back to their teams and still find a job somewhere else. But once you have your own players mm. that are fighting for the contract because they want the contract extension next season, that's a different conversation altogether. So for me, Swallows, whatever the formula that they're using, whatever strategy that they're using, yes, last season it worked and they needed to, to have that because they needed to immediately step into the PSL and do what is right. But now that they've got the experience of what's happening in the PSL, I think they would have had a plan even last season when they realized that they survived in the top eight. You know, but it, clearly they still want to continue with this. For me, is Swallows is a big team with so much history. We need them in the PSO. They need to find a better strategy towards us. Yeah, no, I agree. Well said. And then uh, Justin Shonga in talks with Amazulu. Uh, such a good player. He needs to sort of reinvent himself, yeah, I think. Yeah, stop and... being a traveler. Yo, his visa is going to expire. Yeah. Right? You. <laughs> no. And um, uh, Pelani Zulu to Amazulu, which was a good Yeah, signing, after Mabaliso left, so it makes sense because you, yeah. you want someone that can mm. actually come in and occupy the left back position. So that's a that's a good that's that's good. Yeah. 
straight in and out swap. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, let's quickly touch on the the, the calling cup. Um, entertaining as always, which is what we expect, which is great. Um, we've got to see a lot of players. Uh, we've got to see some missed penalties. We've got to see some great saves. Um, and yeah, nice to see Chiefs win for a change. What's uh, <laughs> what's what's your take on that uh, game, Zex? Sean, and what I like about uh, that game was Chiefs actually, it was nice to see Chiefs win, but also they deserve to win, especially how they played. You know, because yes. um, for me, what was fascinating wasn't just about the results. I was just looking at these new players because this is the team that we we were talk, talking about the whole season. So the, just on the day's performance, it's not going to please me because I need to see that week in, week out. But I just wanted to see the foundation and 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 the structure, you know, going forward because I'm I'm interested in in in, in this exciting coach Stuart Baxter so looking at the structure especially in the second half you know new personnel new players coming in and how actually he wants to play because those are the type of games that he needs to showcase how exactly that he wants to play and for me from what I've seen he's got a good squad he's got players that are actually yeah. hungry that comes in into the team that wants to showcase their talent and he's got so for, for, so, so for the listeners how, how, how would you sum up how Stuart Baxter wants to play I think I think Stuart Baxter wants to take uh, is he wants to have Jabulov Lom as that versatile player that can play in every position. Second half he played him as a right back, and uh, I think he still struggles with the two centre back pairing. I think Mato and Gadozo have to fight with uh, this new boy that comes from um, uh, Glen Africa, because then he's one of them. I think he's a left-footed centre back, so he always needs to have that right balance. On the left back, I think um, you sorted with Lanti in the Nimitzfeld with Nange and uh, uh, Cole Alexander. What's exciting about that combination was when Cole and Cole and, and Nange are they've got similar characteristics. They they like getting inside the box, late runs inside the box, and they don't mind scoring goals. We've seen that with Nange Stellenbosch. We've seen that with Cole all his career. Yeah. But now the maturity within them is when one yeah. commits into doing that, one stays back. So that's very interesting to see, and uh, the balance as well within the short space of time, that understanding as well. It was very interesting to see. And uh, the young boy Hateb uh, playing as as a right wing in the first half, coming in playing as a number 10 role there. I think he had a great game, was supposed to be a man of the match, but anyway, who am I? <laughs> then you, 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 you'll have your Keegan Dolly on your left, you'll have your probably maybe, you have maybe Keegan Dolly on your right, Kama Bilet on your left, and and Castro and uh, Nukovic, they have to fight it out. That's how you're gonna play. And Lebu and Khatebe, they have to fight it out in the middle. But Nange and, and Cole Alexander are gonna be the two permanent features in that midfield. So I think it's gonna be very interesting for those who are not part of that. Because also it was it was very strange to see Bernard Parker playing as a striker game. Mm. You mm. know? It was it was very strange to see because for me it's okay, cool. What are you trying to achieve? If you play in Ben Park as a striker again, which means you need to play everybody that's uh, next to him, they need to have speed because they need to run past him because Ben Park can actually gate and link with other players as well. So it was, so you can see that he also wants to take him back there and play him as a striker, not in the midfield anymore. So it will, it will be very interesting to see, but obviously when you need him in the midfield, he can come back. And Sean, we have a goalkeeper that actually made his name. You know, came in as a sub, um, making great saves, pro penalties, and making sure that the team wins. And he was brought in actually to, to be 
not to compete for number one spot, but to take that number one spot. I think that's one thing that people don't want to hear, but it's the truth. He was brought in not to be yeah. a number three, he was brought in to be number one, and uh, he showed on the weekend that he wants to be number one. So let's see what happens. Yeah, interesting. Um, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And I think that's what, uh, I think you put it right, what Chiefs needed is sort of an excitement back. And I think Stuart Baxter really does bring that. Um, let's move on and just chat about quickly the disappointment, in my opinion, in, in Tokyo 2020 uh, with under-23s and, and their performance. Yeah. Uh, any positives to take out, Teko? Uh, no. <laughs> Nothing. I'll tell you why. I'm, I'm not bashing... Played three, conceded eight. I'm, I'm, I'm not even bashing the stats itself. I, yeah. I think there's a lot... Stats. I think there's a lot that we need to do before we can actually start getting better stats because Olympics will forever come. Will forever have mm. talent within the country for us to compete and, and, and qualify for the Olympics. But it's just that it's... Mm. it's For the fact that you have Malepe or Chesias Malepe for who's, who's been in, in, in two or more Olympics, there's a problem, mm. you know, and 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 you 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 have I've, I've I've said that the gap that we have within these players, you have development players that are very good. You can identify them at 16, and then they disappear, and then you see them at 25, 28. So there's that huge mm. gap that we don't know what happens with these players, and those are those are the sensitive time where we need these players to be participating in those Olympics and when they get there they can't because in South Africa there's no 19, 18 year olds that are regular starters within the PSL itself so they're not used to big games they're not used to competing yeah. at a high level and then we want them to go and compete at a high level when they're playing against team players that are playing in developments uh, of reserve sides or Barcelona or whatever the case might be and those sides actually do have strong competition uh, and they play Champions League as well so so for us to do at the, the, the Olympics, we need to start having 19, 17-year-olds playing in the PSL. We need to start calling youngsters youngsters because they are young. We need to stop calling 25-year-olds youngsters. And the reason why you're calling 25-year-olds youngsters because from if, if, if you go back four years, you'll never know where the boy was. So we're signing players that we don't know where in the last four years where he was. So we're signing based on, mm. ah, I feel good about this one. Ah, last season he was on top of his game, but you don't know three, four years ago what he was doing. So therefore, we can't expect those boys mm. to perform better at the Olympics, but also 80% of them are not even regular starters in their own teams. Mm. Yeah, it was uh, very, very disappointing. Eh? I mean, uh, not much yeah. to take from it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the overall performance, I mean, I think the, the Japanese game wasn't too bad. Um, it was just a bit, it was actually a boring <laughs> game to watch. Um, the, the French game, we showed signs of, right, cool, we've arrived. Um, and then the Mexico game, we just completely threw it away. Um, in, in your opinion, still, not one positive, any standout player maybe that you thought, hey, geez, this guy's got something, or was it just an underwhelming performance? I think for, for me, because the, I, I know how talented uh, South African players may be and are. Mm. And it's just that also, it's unfortunate also for coach David Nodon not to have also other best players that he could have brought into the team to be able to make this team stronger. I understand that. Mm. But... We, we have a lot of pool of, uh, pool of players where we can actually go into and tap and, and be able to bring in. But no matter how talented or good they are, 
the best challenge. Some some of them, you know, the the the, the highest level of competition is this year's Lali. Mm-hmm. Now you're taking them, you're taking them to 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 Olympics. It, it's 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 mm. it's it's difficult, man. You know, and yeah. and for me is I don't want to I don't want to bash all those players. They they did the best that they could, but I I just think mm. what what will always come short or, or for us it's 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 the competition on the high level. That's what yeah. that's what actually uh, you know was the biggest issue come 2010. Even though people don't want to speak about it, but that was it. That 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 knowing that you know your your what is the your do you, where do you compete? You need to compete at the highest level for you to be able to compete with your Shavis. You know you need to be doing that week in week out. And you have players that are actually playing at the lowest lowest of teams. Where cheaper United, where even if the fans are back, there's only six fans. So the only time that a cheaper player will actually play in a full stadium is when they're playing Chiefs, Pirates, or Sundowns. That's six times a season. Okay. Yeah. And then you're taking him, you take him to under 23 Olympic. You, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it goes back to that. Yeah. I'm just saying it, it's the high level of competition also, because we don't have much in South Africa where we can actually be exposing these players. At it's very difficult for them to perform at that stage when they're playing against players that are well established. They're just one contract away to the first team. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually, never thought of that to be honest, Teko. But uh, as always, you break it down very nicely. Um, Let's move on to another massive story of the week. I believe Rock Nation signs with Sundowns. Um, interesting one. It just shows Sundowns' intent to now break into, I presume, the world market. Whether it's moving players abroad now, um, I think they will try align themselves commercially with the US market, where there is a growing pride in being African. Um, I think it'll be more based on getting their best talents abroad and creating a pathway for yeah. that. And don't forget, there's a lot of spin-offs too, you know, with Jay-Z and, and artists and stadiums. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, what's your take on this? It's, it's, I think it's exciting for SA football in general. I mean, it's, it's, I, don't, I didn't see that coming. It was, it's very, very exciting. No. And uh, it's also very nice to see what Rock Nation is within the last few years, what, he, what it has done with, uh, with African talent, you know, the partnership that he has done. Mm. And, and to, to partner with Sundowns, you're looking at what Sundowns are trying to do. I think it's very exciting. Sundowns has dominated the last 10 years. I wouldn't be surprised to see something being done by that, maybe in terms of visuals from Rock Nation. I wouldn't be surprised if mm. that's the route. And also you need that international market and the best way to do that, Rock Nation are that bridge. And I think also with the younger players, especially in the development side, they're getting exposed, they're getting to be taught you know, as an agency that that will actually bring in programs that will actually teach these boys certain things about whether it's education, whether it's financial. Uh, this is an agency mm. to be able to do that because they do have the expertise, they do have the people for that. And I think with this partnership, I think it has just opened doors for other teams as well to be able to to to, to tap into that space because in football we also still need the psychologists that will be full time. You need players to be able mm. to be tapping into that. I think we've seen how big, you know, mental health is now at the Olympics. I think, you know, by 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 tapping into such market as rock nations, you actually open that type of conversations to be able to to make football better, to have a broader audience. I think Sundowns are doing great because I think Sundowns are still saying Sundowns. I think are bigger outside uh, South Africa. I think Sundowns are the biggest mm. team outside South Africa, not in not in not in South Africa itself. And and Rock Nation maybe probably might be that bridge that actually help them as well to to you know to grow the fan base from even 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 internationally. 
in the Europe as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, we, we've seen the signings they've made over the years, especially the South American signings. Um, and I think they, it's now time. I, I think if you go to South America, Sundowns is yeah, spoken yeah. about team. Yeah. Um, it's just now about how do you get people wearing your shirts in the yeah, streets, yeah. right? Um, in yeah. different countries. And I think that's obviously the dream and the vision yeah. of, uh, of the powers that be. So that's super, super exciting. Um, <clears throat> let's move on now to this week in football history. Yeah, yes. Today we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. Yes, sir. On 7th of August 1999, Alan Shearer marked his 100th appearance for Newcastle by receiving his first red card of his career. This week in 2019, Man United signed Harry Maguire from Leicester City for £80 million, a record transfer fee for a centre-back. This week in 2010, Neymar made his debut for Brazil and scored in their 2-0 victory of USA. Since then, Neymar has become a star for the national team, scoring 52 goals in 77 appearances and winning the Olympic gold medal in 2016. On the 12th of August 1990, striker Mario Balotelli became the first black player to score for Italy, was born in Palermo. <laughs> Balotelli. That is that. And from there, Vroom, vroom, vroom. We move on to the car of the week. Yes. This week's car of the week is Pochiso Moslango. I think he just signed for Sekakuna United, if I'm not mistaken. He has got the new Volkswagen Polo GTI, which is a small family car that is practical, well-built, and fast enough to keep up with some sports cars on tight country roads. In this respect, it's a bit more like retired Greyhound than that yappy, terror-like Ford Fiesta ST. Sadly, this tempting combination doesn't come cheap, but at least the VW Polo GTI's upmarket interior helps justify its price tag. Its cabin shares most of its trim with the already pretty posh Polo, so it feels more special than a Fiesta ST. There's significantly more space in the boots than you get in the Ford Fiesta or the Mini Cooper S, and it feels more comfortable and more grown up than these cars around town too. It's easy to drive and with the optional adaptive suspension fitted, it soaks up bumps and potholes impressively well for a small hatch, which you would usually expect to be quite bouncy. In a nutshell, you can pretty much have your cake and eat it with the BMW <laughs> Polo GTI. It's quick, very well built and practical enough to live with every day. What's not to like? I give it a nine out of 10, but as I said, it does come in at a hefty price tag at 450,000 Rand plus. Yeah. Damn, that's a lot of that's a lot of money for a yeah. small car. From there, take on motivational quote. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, it's, 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 it's short and sweet. And please, me bra, please take care of that car because that can, Sorry. you know, buy through the wire and Wi-Fi and come to me. Uh, Sorry, boss. Uh, the motivational quote of the week. As uh, it, it goes like this do not let the pressure of those eating your harvest make you eat your seed. Hmm, ah, that's very cool. I think it's self uh, explanatory, especially in, Ooh, in, in times like this, where, where many footballers right now that are you know having con having you know uh clearances in their hands you know rushing into making decisions that might maybe bite them in the ass someday mm. so you know trust you trust the process trust your talent and believe in those you work with and hopefully things will get right nice so. very well put 
Very well put. And guys, that is how we wrap up episode 83 of Car Wash. Whether you have been listening on SL Podcasts or CLZA, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Mucky King 96.7's Game Time, thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Mr. Sean Roberts, and that has been Mr. Teko Madise. Hey, Sean Thank you, brother. And we will see you same time, same place next week. Peace. In course. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> This is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a slang and a car.